Hey guys, I want to welcome you to the weekly Wednesday for the Financial Freedom Newsletter, where every week, every Wednesday, we delve into something inspirational, motivational, something excerpt taken from the Financial Freedom Weekly Newsletter. Wherever you are, if you're listening on Spotify, on iTunes, Google, be sure to click the like, subscribe, share, comment. Without ado, let's get into the show. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, welcome to this week's podcast episode for the Financial Freedom Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Christopher Liu. And as you know, I'm always in the marketplace for talent, new ideas, inspiration, people on the cutting edge, doing amazing things, changing the world, and bringing back to traditional industries to hopefully apply some of those concepts. So today is really interesting. Um, I have a very interesting guest, Andy Goldstrom. He's actually a Inc. 500 business entrepreneur, and he's now turned into parent coaching, which is really interesting. We'll learn about what this concept is. We'll learn about his very interesting story, unique story, how he got into it. And I'm really fascinated in coaching, raising kids in today's chaotic society in this era of social media. And so, Andy, welcome. Thank you for having me. really appreciate it. Um, yeah, I know we connected through Podmatch, and I know you have a really interesting story you want to share with the audience. How you got into parent coaching? You're not, you know, you're a Inc. 500 business entrepreneur, so so get started. Sure, I'll I'll try to uh, be succinct. But I was uh, an entrepreneur, wasn't kind of a corporate guy after I completed my MBA. I just realized that wasn't for me. I like to get things done, and I like to innovate. And I actually was uh, involved in starting a real estate company in the early 90s. And I know that you're an investor and talk about investing in real estate. And I got involved in an aspect of real estate that was uh, corporate management. So it was corporate real estate where companies that owned or leased real estate that had a portfolio of real estate, that there was a way to maximize the value of that as opposed to just being transactional. Um, so we had some big corporate clients and actually grew the company and it became an Inc. 500 company and we sold it in 2005. And uh, that gave me some financial freedom. Uh, certainly worked pretty darn hard over the years to try to make that happen, but we had a good uh, value proposition, and it was a good time in the marketplace for these kinds of needs, and we disrupted the mar- marketplace. So it was fantastic. Fast forward, I uh, served as a an executive in some other companies where I took over for the founder. Uh, had a global role at an investment bank, so I kind of grew my footprint from regional to national to global, and then. Um, at about the time that that happened, my daughter started going through some emotional struggles. Uh, I have two daughters. This was the younger one. And she um, had some 
emotional challenges as she went through her teenage years. She had some short-term memory challenges, so she couldn't retain things the way other kids could. And as kids started growing into their teenage years with their schooling, she was surpassed uh, emotionally and academically, and she started to spiral. And I was still working really hard, working 60 hours a week. My wife was working part-time. She was at home. I was traveling a bit. We tried to support her in every way, shape, or form that we could. Tutors, programs at school, a psychiatrist, therapists, but it wasn't enough. And over the course of about two years, it got to the point where she was totally defiant, wouldn't leave her room, was afraid to go to school, was doing drugs, and started to be a harm to herself and others potentially. And so uh, turned to wilderness therapy and residential treatment where we sent her away for 14 months for some more advanced therapy. And it was at that time I realized it was kind of a lonely existence. It wasn't easy to find and it was expensive. And other parents started calling us asking for support and help because they knew what we were going through and wanted to see if we had any guidance based upon what we did. And it was at that time I realized that there was a real need out there. And this was a couple of years pre-COVID and social media hadn't advanced to the way it has now. And so, um, you know, with the financial freedom I had and with the need in the market and with what I went through as an individual and realizing I was a guy who could help male parents, not just female parents uh, in a in a unique way, because there aren't that many males in this field. Um, I got certified and have been coaching parents to help them build more confidence and joy in their lives for several years now and really feel that it's an impactful thing. Hmm. Yeah, very interesting. Yeah. And um, so this idea is one one thing that I had questions about as uh, parent coaching is, uh, is it something where is it just for, you know, in the same cases and situations where they're you know, their uh, kids are really struggling or is it something that you can do where their kids are, you know, performing pretty well, but they want to take them to the next level or, you know, just basically raise better kids? Because, you know, honestly, there's I read a report where it's like people are pessimistic about the future. They don't want to have kids and um, like, uh, you know, this debt and, you know, just the whole that, you know, um gun violence social media bullying you know eating disorders all of these things so where can where does parent coaching fit into all of this sure um well i'm a little bit more niche i've ha i've had a client before where they had a young kid who was a piano prodigy and wanted to get and wanted to be able to optimize that aspect for a child and uh, i helped in that way but really what I wanted to do is make sure that the child actually had some say <laughs> rather than just being steered, not doing what they wanted to do as young as that child was. And so we had to find a way to communicate so that they were on the same page as opposed to the kid just being bossed around because the the, the parent was the musician and wanted the kid to be, you know, you know, representative of his goals and his wishes and everything else. And so I worked with that kind of child, but I'm not the, I'm not the parent coach who, you know, my kid isn't eating broccoli. I need help. You know, I, I'm the, I'm the parent coach who works with parents who are typically 
35 to 55 years old. They could be anywhere in the country because I work virtually as, as well as locally here in Atlanta in person. And they tend to have a, a real issue, defiance, where the kid just isn't listening to them because of the communication channels, boundary setting, you know, especially with the phones and the technology and everything else getting out of hand, where they have, you know, alcohol or drug problems or may have even been incarcerated or or, or at a program of some sort. And the parents need to align better and heal and have a better approach, either proactively or reactively after there's been some trouble. And so um, I typically, you know, handle challenging cases. You know, I charge for my for my work. And um, so for the and this is a, a choice for parents to improve their lives and their families. Mm. Uh, and so, you know, uh, again, the eating broccoli thing is probably not something that parents would be willing to pay for or that I'm adding the most value to. So I really, you know, I really try to have an impact where there's a, the greatest impact. It's, it sounds like it's a really interesting um, field that, you know, this niche where you, there's a need and there's people that can come in and help. It's like almost, you know, there's like all different types of coaching, like fitness, diet, relationship and parent coaching life. One thing that I, one thing that is uh, quite interesting is that, um, you know, typically in these families, you got a spouse and then you have a kid and kind of, um, how do you best align um, with your spouse to get on the same page, get aligned, achieve the same goals and outcome? Sure. Well, a couple of things that happen. I work with single parents. Mm. I work with co-parents where parents are separated or divorced and they're blended families and they're having to cooperate and figure out how to cooperate when they're handing the kids off. And I work with married parents who are not, you know, who may not be on the same page either. And what tends to happen is parents have this vision of what their child should be like and based upon what their hopes and dreams are and based upon how they were raised. And so when they when they cast that onto their kids and do it kind of in a reactionary way because they're disappointed or they're frustrated, it doesn't go very well, typically. And mm -hmm. often what happens is the parents don't communicate in advance, so they're not aligned. You know, one parent will reprimand their kid or, or tell their kid that they, um, you know, need to clean their room. And then they'll go to the other parent and the other parent will say, you don't need to do it right now. And then the, you know, what do you, what do you think the kid's going to do? Right. <laughs> um, so it's really important that the parents change their mindset and understand that it's about their child's journey, what they want to do to have their most fulfilling life. And all kids want to do is feel understood and like they have some control. And if the parents communicate proactively they support each other. They don't necessarily have to agree on everything that they're implementing with the ch with the children, but at least they they will compromise and support each other on major things. Um, it tends to be far more effective. And then you have to you know, have a consequence violation of actions and uh, and make that clear up front. And the way parents that I work with most effectively. They give their kids the choice. I was talking about control. 
you give the kids the choice by basically either having them come up with a reward or a consequence or giving them, you know, that the parents accept or having a couple of different rewards or consequences that the parents decide to impose that the, that the kid knows about. And then the kid has the choice. The kid gets, you know, the child gets to comply or not comply. They have the, and then they have the choice of certain consequences that they may have. And if they don't adhere, the parents basically say, you know, they don't get mad. They don't throw things. They don't scream. They don't name call. They basically say, you know, we had our boundary. You violated the boundary. Here's the consequence. This is it. Mm-hmm. And when it's done firmly and consistently, and the parents are aligned and there's follow through, mm-hmm. um, it changes the whole dynamic because the the child knows that they can't play that game. Yeah, really, really interesting. But t- talk about the role of um, boundaries. You you mentioned you know the idea of boundaries really important and basically maintaining centering and boundaries. But then one thing that the other question I had is with these parents, you know, it's a lot of parents, they're business professionals, they have, you know, careers, company, professions, you know, all that. How do they balance parenting success, especially, you know, a lot of, um, you know, a couple of my doctor's friends, you know, they never see their kids, their kids are in trouble all the time. Um, How can they balance all of this? Sure. Well, the first thing is boundaries are, you know, rules that the parents agree on that are important in the household. And it's not every little thing you pick your battles. So it's here, here are five, you know, five things that are important in our house. Um, you know, you have to, uh, do your homework before you have use of technology. You, uh, have to, you know, um, be honest with us. If we catch you in a lie, that's not a good thing. You have to, uh, keep your room relatively clean, you know, whatever it is, uh, with an associated consequence, you can't have a list of 50 things. It has to be the five that, you know, few things that are most important. And then you have to, you know, you do have to be able to enforce them. And, and, um, it's not easy, um, in today's day and age, uh, parents, especially dual income families that are both working and their kids are at school and their kids come home and then and they're not being supervised or whatever every situation is different um i tend to be more outcome driven so you're not micromanaging the kid watching them minute by minute you're basically saying i'm going to check your homework when i get home or i'm going to make sure your room is clean you can do it when you want i'm not going to nag you but if you you know if you but if you don't do it you don't do it and obviously, if it's something that you can't monitor in an appropriate way, then that might be a rule you choose not to not to implement or not. And parents have to decide what's most important to them, their careers, their kids, both, how to balance that. For me, I was the one when I was building my career as an entrepreneur, I was the one who was working the long hours and always traveling. And my wife was the stay-at-home mom. And frankly... You know, we learned some hard lessons that I'm trying to help people avoid because we weren't always on the same page. Mm-hmm. My wife was a little bit, my wife is a, a, the greatest person ever. She's so kind. She's so lovely. She's so thoughtful, but she was also a rescuer. So she would help, you know, she wouldn't let the kids face enough adversity at over time. 
Um, she thought she was doing the right thing and pitching in. I, on the other hand, was on the other side of the spectrum. I was the get her done kind of guy. So I didn't understand why, you know, and this is based upon my background as a kid from a, you know, lower middle class family where we just, you know, we weren't given choices. We just had to get it done. It was just, this, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, um, you know, when, when you tell a kid, just get, suck it up and get it done, they don't feel like they have control and they don't feel like they're understood. So neither side kind of worked. Mm. And we had to, you know, we had to figure it out. And, you know, when I work with parents, I help them find that sweet spot, given their circumstances, um, you know, with work and play and being home and all the rest. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah. How can people contact you, follow you, uh, reach out to you, um, you know, check out your social media? Sure. Everything, every, well, not everything. The, the first place that people can look at is um, parents. That's my website. So people can, you know, see see what my offerings are and how to get in contact with me. And if, if you know, I'm, I got into this business to help people. So if somebody, you know, just wants to have a chat, they can just schedule a meeting. My calendar's there. Um, there's no obligation if they just want to have a chat and bounce some ideas off of me. If I can be of help to people, I'll certainly, di- you know, discuss my programs and my plans. And I'm also, I have a Facebook page for Parents Journey Coaching and an Instagram page for the same that people can follow me on if people are interested. And let's, uh, for everybody, let's thank um, Andy for coming on to the show, um, talking about this niche field. All of Andy's resources will be in the links and show notes. And with that, thanks so much for coming on to the podcast. Thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. Much ado, be sure to thank this show's sponsors, and we'll see you next week.